This podcast is for mature audiences 18 and over and for entertainment purposes only. Please contact your healthcare provider before pursuing any of our topics discussed. You're listening to Eat, Play, Sex with Dr. Cat, the place to get play, sex, and nutrition talk straight to your ears. Hey, lovers, and welcome to another episode of Eat, Play, Sex. I'm sex expert, Dr. Cat. Have you ever eaten chocolate or slurped on oysters or taken other aphrodisiacs in the hopes to blasting your sexual interest? I definitely have to say that I am guilty of doing that myself. <laughs> and this week, I am so excited to have on the show Kishan Shaw to talk about Ayurvedic practices for getting our bodies in maximum state for sex drive and interest. But before we get to Kishan, one of my favorite humans in the entire planet, <laughs> lovers, you're the reason that I do this show. And I want to thank you for tuning in, for spreading the word, for leaving your reviews, and for trying some of the suggestions that we recommend. I've been getting amazing feedback on the products that I love and I use myself because my goal is to help you to eat, play, and sex better so that you can improve your sex life, which will improve every single aspect of your life. And if you haven't already, please head to eatplaysex.com where you can subscribe to the show, connect with me, and grab my sexy guides to boost your confidence, vitality, and sex life. You, Kishin, yes! (laughs) I am so excited. This is like my dream come true. I've been poking at Kishin for a while and being like, hey, be on my podcast, be on my podcast, be on my podcast. (laughs) And he's finally here. (laughs) Mm. It is a, needless to say, pleasure to be here with you and uh, to be recording this with for your listeners. <laughs> so Kishan Shah not only is one of my best friends and favorite humans in this planet, but he is also an Ayurvedic medicine practitioner, an internationally renowned teacher of yoga and meditation. And you're an incredible yoga instructor, I must say, and super sexy up there. Thank you. <laughs> I, um, this topic is just the power of yoga, medicine, Ayurvedic practitioners, or practice is, ju- is such an ancient practice. Mm-hmm. And I think nowadays we're seeing a lot of combination of Western medicine with the, the ancient Eastern philosophies or medicine or lifestyles, mm-hmm. and, and it's... It, it's amazing. Yeah. Loving it. Yeah, there's a lot of progress in, I think, uh, Western medicines. Um, well, I wouldn't say Western medicine as much as I would say modern supplementation of nutraceuticals. Am or that's a big word. <laughs> you want to say that again? <laughs> modern supplementation of nutraceuticals. Did I ever tell you I'm a sapo- sapiosexual? <laughs> Talk nerdy to me all day. <laughs> All right, well, that's what we're here for. <laughs> so maybe you can tell our listeners uh, about what Ayurvedic practice is or what that medicine is. Mm. So Ayurvedic medicine uh, is the ancient system of holistic medicine from India. And it is 
the sister science, you could say, to yoga, often associated with yoga and um, yogic technique, which should be more associated with monk lifestyle. But what we want to ground in for our listeners here is more of our lifestyle. And Mm -hmm. basically, uh, we're householders. Yes. And we, we are people who work. We have relationships. We have possessions. We and have homes. My, we have my, bills to pay. Um, <laughs> my Lululemon pants. Yeah. So to kind of ground it down and uh, and keep it more in that realm of what is most useful to us rather than monkhood. And so some of the things I'm going to be recommending um, from a yogic perspective would are are traditionally taught as no nos, but um, and and that's because. You wouldn't want to arouse a monk sexually, right? No? No. That actually sounds like a fun little challenge. <laughs> Who can turn on the monk? <laughs> right? right? That sounds like my new game. Yeah. So Go ahead. We want to leave the monks um <laughs> we want to leave the monks alone and uh and leave them to their super sattvic practices and introduce some of the things into our daily lives and our diets and some herbs that a monk wouldn't take or mm-hmm. We could say, you know, like a ascetic yogi, one who is like Siddhartha mm-hmm. and leaning up his back against a tree mm-hmm. yes. and, al- and allowing vines to grow around their legs because they're sitting in one place <laughs> for that long. No, know? I can't do that. I'm yeah. so restless. Yeah. That's not us. Okay. <laughs> I'm like a squirrel. You're like a squirrel. I can be squirrelish. You're very squirrelish. I'll be like, hey, Kishin, come here, take a look at this, or, or talk to me about this. And he'll be like, meh, meh, like all over the place. <laughs> yeah, lots of processes going on. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And so when we're thinking about combining or taking some of these teachings into more of like a modern lifestyle, mm. and there's just, so <laughs> I do my research, aka <laughs> <laughs> scrolling through Google, and I feel like I know so <clears throat> much just by doing that, right? Right. So, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of information on the internet these days and And it's all true. And it's all true. Actually, I posted that on a chat the other day um, as a joke and you want to be careful about what you come across out on the internet t- uh, today because there are many people who are not okay, let's just keep it straight. They're amateurs and uh they may have found something that is interesting and you find regurgitated information all over the internet that may have some validity, may, may not. And, um, but there, there's also a, a way in which we want to, this is something that I was wanting to bring to this conversation is actually prepare the body to take some of the aphrodisiac, uh, classification, of herbs mm. and there's a way in which you want to take them and I I hear from people that they're throwing this herb or that herb into their smoothie in the morning and maca maca for I'm example I'm drinking maca right now yeah in sa- my tea. P- Peruvian root it's yes. a beautiful plant to take it yeah. is um and it has aphrodisiac qualities yeah I get really horny when I'm drinking it that is exciting <laughs> <laughs> um uh, but you, you know, for example, maca. Let's let's we can start there. Maca, uh, we could say, is sweet in nature, and it has a, a virya or a cooling effect on the body. Mm. It is a dense herb. It's a root herb, uh, and in that way, we could look at it as increasing earth and water into the body. 
Mm. Most of the adaptogenic herbs that are out there increase this earth and water into the body. And it's that very nature of that cooling nature and that sustenance, which when the body is prepared to receive and digest that, the body can put it into the right places. Oh, wow. Which would be to tonify the reproductive system. Oof. When the reproductive system is in a maximum uh, performing state, then of course we're going to have uh, proper libido. Erectile dysfunction, uh, dysfunction will not necessarily be present. That's mm. more of a mental thing. Um, yes, yes it is. And so we want to make sure that when we're taking herbs and that we're taking them when the body's in actually a peak state, mm. when you are in a state of balance and in a state of health. Um, if you have a weakened digestive system, it's a similar thing. Uh, Eastern doctors, this is like a, a running saying, like Eastern doctors say, Westerners have the most expensive urine in the world. <laughs> and that's because they spend so much money on supplements and oftentimes the body doesn't even metabolize them and it just comes right out in the urine. I want all of my lovers out there to listen to that because that's so important, <laughs> Yeah. right? Because we're seeing so many supplements that are just put out there, but we don't even know how it's being absorbed yeah. or if it's doing anything right. at all. And so there's another aspect within Ayurvedic medicine known as anupana or what is the proper vehicle to ride the specific herb that you're taking upon into the body, right? And sometimes um, one of the herbs that I want to talk about is Brahmi. And Brahmi is good for the mind mm -hmm. and it is sattvic in nature. It's, it's very beautiful, has an affinity for bringing a calmness inside. Um, that simply mixed with in water as a tea mm -hmm. works great moving into the body. Whereas some of these more buzzword adaptogenic herbs that Which are means? out there, um, nourishing and tonifying to the tissues. Okay. Um, we could say those, those actually have, they, they want to be introduced into the body with an oil, with some form of fat. And then that way they're properly processed in the stomach and the small intestine and brought into the body. Uh. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people are just putting maca ashwagandha with, with any somnifera and um, uh, another herb that I'm seeing, it's an, it's an Ayurvedic herb, long-term use Ayurvedic herb that's now starting to get some buzz. I think that'll probably be the ashwagandha was so last year, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm ready for a new trend. <laughs> yeah. So now you're going to hear shatavari, which is asparagus racimosus. And... <laughs> Um, yeah, it's an asparagus family. Uh -huh. And uh, so we're going to start hearing buzzwords around shatavari uh, coming up soon all here. Day. You may be hearing it first here, but um, so shatavari as well. You want to make sure you're taking shatavari. Traditionally in Ayurveda, um, we would introduce that into the body with milk, mm. warm milk. So because you, of the fats? Because of the, the fat. Okay. To and here's the, here's the thing, like Ayurvedic medicine... Um, loves cow milk and it loves ghee which is clarified butter mm. as medicine as nourishing medicines into the body mm -hmm. and so for a vegan somebody who's well let's just say plant-based because vegan is a culture of, right, of, right. A, a way of being so let's just say for somebody who is plant-based uh or dairy-free sure or even dairy-free yeah. how do you do that well, there are many vegetable type oils um, that you can take. One of my omega supplements 
that I take now is 100% plant-based and I, I take Udo's oil as yeah. my uh, omega-369 uh, supplement. Yeah. So you could mix it in with something like that. You could mix it in uh, with coconut oil, but coconut oil, as I, as I tell people often, should only be consumed when it's liquid state, or at least half the jars in a liquid state on your counter. Which really changed And that's a whole things. other conversation. Yeah, which really changed things when you told me that, because at the point, this was like, oh God, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I was putting <laughs> coconut oil on everything. I was cooking with coconut oil. I was brushing my teeth with coconut oil. I was putting mm. it in my hair. I was putting it on my skin. And then, but then I was breaking out yeah. and I was clogging pores and I was yeah. causing more problems than not. Right. So I'm glad you brought that up. Um, but I do want to back up because you brought up some really amazing um, concepts in, in this practice. Is like you, you were talking about water elements and you were talking about like mm. preparing the body, but yes. these beautiful elements of earth and water. What does that mean? So can, we can look at it as Pancha Mahabhutas, and that is the five elemental theory. And that is one of the most important ways in which we choose the appropriate foods and herbal supplements to give to a patient. Ah. And it's based, at, based in uh, looking at what is the natural constitution of the person and what types of elementals are specific to their constitution naturally, what, is, what, what it should be in their balanced state. And then also taking a look at what their current state of health is mm. and finding out whether that aligns or not. And if it's not aligned, then we need to see what excesses or deficiencies there are. And then we will choose substances from the external world, food and herbs, mm -hmm. that will bring balance back. So if there's an excess of things, we'll choose herbs and foods that actually remove the excessive amount of whatever elementals are there. If there are deficiencies, we'll add food and herbs to bring back to balance the body, the, the homeostasis in the body. Then, so five elementals, we could say, corresponds to all things in the material universe are composed of five elementals in concept, right? We have mm. to understand that these are, a, it's a conceptual idea. We understand that there are more elements than five, but we break things down in that very simplistic way. And it's, it's a beautiful way to, it's a beautiful lens to see things through. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, behind that, you have the doshas or the three intelligences which animate these five elementals. Okay? I hear dosha. I hear that word so often. Yeah. And people are like, oh, you're such a vata or, or I'm like running around all this stuff. And they're like, oh, you're so pitta. And I'm like, do you even know what that means as that's coming out of your mouth? Yeah. It's, all, it's almost like an, it's almost an incorrect classification. Mm because somebody's outward personality would not necessarily be their dosha. Mm -hmm. So I leave my stuff everywhere, like keys in one room, jacket at a Is it more house, like forgetful or? Oh yes, yes. And, and that's a, or a little ungrounded on some days, you know, when I'm running around. Sure. And somebody called me on, they're like, oh my God, that's just your vata. And they're like laughing about it and I was like, no, I think it just means I'm ungrounded. <laughs> like, uh, I don't think I'm on that area. I don't think I'm that area. No, you're 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 quite piercing, <laughs> and that is more of a pitta type quality. Mm -hmm. So I experienced 
Kishin's work because he worked with me directly. And it was, you put your, you, you read my pulse, I right? I read your pulse called as Nadi Priksha. Yeah, you read my pulse and then you wrote out this whole protocol and of like what was going on internally in my body. And it was, and then you wrote up, you know, what types of herbs I needed to be taking and elim- foods to eliminate and that kind of thing. And it changed me. Mm-hmm. Like my whole internal system felt so calm. Yeah. And I had so much energy. That's great. Yeah, it was nuts. Mm. Well, that, you know, that, well, that, that, Thank you. Um, I'm happy. So here's the great thing. You followed what I what I had written down. <laughs> um, and and it's it's it can be quite confronting when people see an Ayurvedic practitioner because oftentimes the things that they like the most are the things that are causing the biggest problems in their diet mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, in their in their bodies. Coffee and, was mine. And so, yeah, I, and it's kind of a funny thing because people think I'm like, I can read a crystal ball because I'll read Pulse. Yeah. And then I can often identify someone's three favorite foods and they freak out. They're like, how did you know that? I'm like, because I? I see, well, I can't remember what your, what the, how long ago was that? I can't remember exactly yeah. what it was um, in your consult form because I see a lot of people. Vegan but, ice cream. Vegan ice cream? Snickerdoodle, vegan ice cream. Well, I like that too. <laughs> we like to eat that together. Um, oh my God. But what I was trying to say is, um, you know, it, it can be quite confronting often with the Ayurvedic protocol as oftentimes people will have to eliminate for a shorter period of time or sometimes longer period of time um, some of the things that they like the most because it's the things that are they, they like the most that they're consuming an excessive amount of which are creating the imbalances and even craziest thing is that sometimes those things are superfoods or really nutritious things you know i i see people in the clinic everywhere from people who are very sick autoimmune um really deep gastrointestinal issues to people who are quite healthy but they can't find balance and the full gamut all in between. And oftentimes I'll get people coming in who say, look, I'm eating organic. I'm eating um, uh, all the basically whole foods, Mm -hmm. but I'm still not right. It's like, well, you're just still choosing the wrong things for you appropriate at this time, at this season, you're eating the wrong things at the time of day. Oh, wow. Um, Oh my God. It's that detail it's that specific um you know i have a patient's daughter who had a history of ongoing um bronchial issues becoming asthmatic had been hospitalized with bronchitis quite a few times and uh finally I, i broke it down on the phone one day and i said look stop feeding her cold cereal wheat and Mm. cold dairy in the morning with bananas and they were like, how did you know that's her favorite breakfast? That used to be mine. And it's because those, this, it's the obvious answer. Many kids like that. Um, and those three things, wheat, dairy, cold dairy on top of it, and bananas are highly mucus producing. Really? Highly mucus producing. Yeah. Which brings us back over to what you were saying about the earth and water elemental and the herbs. Maca ashwagandha, uh, shatavari, those three, for example, 
uh, increase earth and water elementals in the body. So if you have any sort of upper respiratory condition or you are experiencing mucus, you have like a cold, uh, or if you're sick, those are the kinds of herbs you want to stay really far away from because they're going to make everything worse. So it doesn't care if you are doing your research on Google and it pops up as... Maca's good. <laughs> Maca's not always good. <laughs> Use this to amp up your sex life because yeah. I see that as, right. as taglines or yeah. article titles. And I'm like, eh. And so this is why, you know, it, it takes a delicate hand and someone with experience to determine, you know, what's beneficial for you now. Patya is the Sanskrit word. What is suitable for you in this moment? You know, so you want sexual vigor now? Well, there's a chance that you may need to wait until we work on that specific area of your life. Mm -hmm. Let's handle the other ongoing issues that you have. Get the body back into a supreme state balance. Most importantly, your, your GI tract, your digestive fire, and your metabolic rate all the way down to the cellular level. When those are humming then we can introduce the rejuvenating tonics. Then we can start focusing on uh, virilification, which is basically fine-tuning the reproductive organs. And that mm -hmm. leads me to wanting to talk about understanding of tissue development from an Ayurvedic perspective called as Datu Parampara. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> we have this understanding of seven tissues in the body as a concept. And that Anna Datu, is food so yeah. you are and we have this also this understanding that you are not what you eat you are that what you can break down and metabolize into the body i literally just had somebody tell me that i was what i ate yesterday i think it was on my instagram yeah. and i was like oh. you're not what you eat you're what to, what you're what you can break down and so uh, like, are you, you know, calling me an I, avocado i did a morning <laughs> talk show in the in the midwest I forget what network is like ABC, NBC, and I had a very short period of time to talk freely, and they asked me what I what I wanted to talk about, and I looked at the demographic, and I was like, you know what? I want to talk about ice water. They're like, you want to talk about ice water? I'm like, yes. Talking about ice water for me to this community is everything because mm. I guarantee you, ninety good ninety five percent of them drink it with every meal. Mm. And what they're doing is they're killing that digestive fire mm. as they're eating or right before they're eating. Because what happens when you sit down to eat? Often at people's homes or basically in every restaurant, you got a glass of ice water, mm -hmm. right? Long conversation short, um, you're basically killing your digestive fire before you put food in. So it doesn't even matter. You're creating toxicity buildup in the GI tract, which is getting absorbed into the bloodstream. Right? We call this as AMA. So we want to make sure that the digestive fire is optimal before we put on a big piece of wood. Right? We can look at these, right? You want to start with leaves and kindling and like straw, really easy things to burn when you start a fire. Mm -hmm. Let that build and then you can add the big log. These Aphrodisiac herbs, shatavari, maca, ashwagandha, they're big logs, okay? So we wanna make sure that everything is optimal and running sweetly, 
before we introduce the big log. Yeah, so the body can support mm-hmm. the benefits of it. So you know, from so the food essentially we uh, we would say turns into blood plasma, um, and then the blood plasma turns more into like red blood cells, and then those red blood cells turn into muscle tissue, and so on. And the last tissue to get formed, the last one is shukradatu, which is the reproductive fluid. So semen and ovum mm-hmm. for women. And in order to get the reproductive system, which is how we would say, how do you want? Do you want? How do you want sexual vigor? How do you want sexual strength? How do you want uh, increased potency? Um, and viability of sperm, spermatozoa, and ovum, and all these things. Fertility is essentially uh, the moving towards having optimum fertility for both men and women is how you essentially get to a prime sexual peak in your body mm. and how you feel good. How you're, That's going to always influence the hormones um, and, and how you're feeling in terms of your sexual drive. Yes. So we want to make sure all of the tissues are getting developed properly. Shukradatu or the, the sexual juices of the body are the most refined out of all seven tissues in our bodies. They come as the essence of the previous six tissues being formed. They're the last one. Okay. So now you're understanding how important it is to, to get these reproductive tissues going. After that shukradatu is properly formed, then it turns into this magical substance we call in Ayurvedic medicine as ojas. And your ojas is your, is your immune system, it's your vitality. When you see somebody who's just like glowing, right? We could say, oh man, that person's got a lot of ojas. That means their entire, all seven tissues are getting processed and then that last state is this, this, this immunity, this glow this mm. vitality in their body. And so when we're working Ayurvedically, we want to make sure that the entire body is cleansed. The gastro, gastric fire and metabolic rate is maximum potential. And then we move into Rasayana therapeutics, which is rejuvenation therapies. And those are anti-aging and they're also virilification or increasing sexual potency in the body, which we call as vajikarana or vrishya chikitsa. Oof, wow, that is so epic. It's just the way you describe it and you break down such complex uh, protocols, I, it, it makes a lot more sense. There's just so much support that you have to do with the body first mm. and not just like injecting things or like treating the symptoms it's a it's about the whole microcosm of the body yeah we don't want to just look online okay what are the herbs that are going to give me my maximum sexual potency and then start taking those you know um it's not going to necessarily work (laughs) you actually may end up causing more problems in other systems of the body than doing good to the one thing that you want it that you want it to work for. Yeah. Top 10 foods to boost your sex drive. <laughs> so which makes me, you know, reminds me of aphrodisiacs, which is what I brought up earlier. Yeah. Like how often I get asked from people, do aphrodisiacs really work? And it just you know, some of them have potential to help mm. 
And you were talking about, you know, is this right now or is this later because mm -hmm. it's supporting the body with zinc or yeah. I think we were talking about oysters earlier and I was like, yeah. are oysters really aphrodisiacs? Because to me, it just looks like you're licking a pussy. Mm. Now, if you've here, let me, let me pose this question. It's like, well, it, it does have that, that visual reference for sure. Oh yeah. And I love watching people eat We could also say them. maybe even a little bit of its texture. Yeah. Um, mm. But... Uh, Actually, oysters do have a high amount of zinc, and that, that zinc uh, increases testosterone and sperm production, mm -hmm. but over prolonged use, yeah, over a period of time. Similarly, you know, I have in my notes that I wanted to mention sesame seeds. Sesame seeds also are a powerhouse of zinc. Um, so, you know, gentlemen out there, you want to... <laughs> How, how graphic can I get on this? You can. This is my podcast. You can get us. You can talk it. Yeah. Uh, you want to increase your load, start putting some more sesame seeds on your food. But don't overdo it because it's also one of those things. Anything that is going to be increasing your sperm count, sperm production, and semen production, remember, is going to also be increasing earth and water in the body. And that's going to create bulk you know, so if you're overweight, some of these some of these things are not necessarily ideal for you right now. Mm. That's the same other thing. People may be trying to lose weight and then they're taking maca and ashwagandha. No, those are bulk promoting herbs. Really? Yeah, they're not. You're not going to lose weight. You're actually going to fight it. And like I said, we're trying to lose weight. What are you trying to do? You're, you need to increase your metabolic rate so you can burn things quicker. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? Your metabol metabolism is low. That's why you're overweight. Mm. Um, Boom. and it, you know, it's, it's less about, and I was speaking with, you know, what? I went snowboarding over the weekend and, um, this gentleman that I met is a former professional bodybuilder and now he, uh, produces bodybuilding events. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have so many questions for you. Mm. And, you know, a lot of it was geared towards hormones mm -hmm. and also diet. Um, and, and there's these, you know, a lot of questions for men out there is testosterone, you yes. know? So we, we were having that kind of conversation and, um, uh, you know, but, but like, a, like we were talking about it and, you know, it was like the same thing. If you, if you want to lose weight, it's not going and running on the treadmill for hours at a time. It's actually way more about diet and getting metabolic rate up. And of course, cardio is going to help. Um, I'm working on your stress levels. Working on stress levels, yeah. I mean that that of course is going to be um, driving your energy and also your emotional state and your ability to pick your own ass up off the couch and 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 do something. I have a really it. cute ass. Yes, you do. <laughs> I've seen it with a bunny tail on too. Oh my god. Uh, um, so where were we? We were talking about. Um, Supporting, the, <laughs> I distracted you with my, with my your, cute your, butt your comment. Yeah. Uh, so with these aphrodisiacs we're talking about, you know, some of these, um, it, it takes a while. So don't expect to just order this, uh, yes. this cute girl, uh, you know, a platter of oysters, hoping that she's going to, you know, you're going to get laid later. So, oh, this is what we're, yeah. There's a point I wanted to make there is that a lot of these things are psychosomatic. Okay. If you're having an immediate effect 
from an aphrodisiac that you just took. Oh my God, can you talk that way the rest of the There's session? a very good chance, my friends, that it's actually psychosomatic. It's not the actual thing that you're taking in that moment that is creating the sex drive inside of you. It's the idea that you're drinking an aphrodisiac. Right. So how about this? You can almost prepare your lover anything and say it's aphrodisiac. And really, if you sell it well enough, they're going to have a psychosomatic effect on it. And they're going to feel the change. They're going to feel the shift. And that brings it back to like the whole psychology of creating an intimate environment. You know, think about what it is for a yogi to create an ideal environment for practice. And that is unwavering focus, right? So oftentimes, and this is when we were talking about the psychology of impotency, Mm -hmm. um, and, it, and it being something that, that stems in the mind. Um, a big thing is, and this is the yoga technique, shifting focus. Yes. You got to shift the mental focus. Yes. You know? I teach a lot of it, my male clients who might be experiencing that. I teach them mindfulness skills and breathing exercises to help them get anchored in their body mm -hmm. because it, they're watching porn or they're fantasizing or they're doing other things that takes their focus out of their body. And mm. so, of course, they're going to have more difficulty with maintaining erections or, mm -hmm. or maintaining sexual interest because yeah. they're not embodied. And in this way, I would recommend herbs for them that... Be, they may think, oh, this piece of equipment isn't working. What herbs fix that piece of equipment? But that's not what we, how would we address it holistically, see? Then that's the thing. Western medicine wants to look at um, individual parts and bringing individual parts down, whereas holistic medicine looks at the systems as a whole and how are the systems as a whole functioning. So something like um, impotence, we would actually address the mind and the nervous system. Mm. We would address the mind and the nervous system first with herbs and diet specific to that. And once we got that in balance, then we can start moving at uh, reproductive tonics. Ooh. Now what's interesting is that ashwagandha is not only good for the male reproductive system and, and energy levels, but it is also very good for the nervous system. Mm. And then, therefore, good for the mind. I love that you just brought the ner up the nervous center, nervous system. I'm nervous. You're making me nervous just sitting here. <laughs> but the nervous system plays such a big role in our sexual health. Yeah. You know, we talk about hormones a lot. We talk about you know vaginal fluids, and we talk about you know all these things that are involved in it. Um, but the nervous system plays mm. such a big impact. Yeah. Yeah. So this is part of. Uh, another reason why I want to always emphasize to everyone out there that yoga is really good for you. Mm. Yoga and meditation is really good for you. And it takes less than you think to get a good lasting effect. Mm -hmm. And cumulative effort is everything. So rather than say, oh my gosh, I can only make it to class tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And that's like once a week. Forget about the class. There are so many ways in which you can practice for free online and okay. great paid services um, and do three minutes. Yeah, I do bed yoga. So when Every I wake day. up, I literally just stay in my bed and mm -hmm. 
reach for my toes and stay with my breathing or right. I stretch to the side, do spinal twists and just breathe into it. Yeah. And move simple to complex. You know, don't, don't, there's no need to have this big elaborate thing. Um, keep it simple. And in that simplicity, actually, you'll find that the more advanced tech, yogic techniques mm -hmm. are way more simple and refined <laughs> mm. than, than, than some of the things you'll see um, in order to get yourself into to that level. Mm -hmm. So yoga for the central nervous system. What else? Um, well, do we want to start getting into some herbs and some foods? Um, yeah, absolutely. Ooh, tell me all the so things. Part of, <laughs> so in regards to psychology, and we can look at, remember I said yoga and Ayurveda are sister sciences. And unfortunately, in the Western culture, in the Western world these days, we're seeing yoga practice for body. And truly, yoga is about psychology. It's about um, sharpening the blade that is the mind. The mind is a tool. Mm -hmm. We need to understand that the body is, this is the holistic pyramid, is that the body is a vessel. It's like a car. It's a vehicle for your soul. Mm -hmm. And the mind is a tool. You are not your mind. That's one of the basic phrases that you'll hear typically in a traditional yoga class. The mind is a tool. And so the mind needs to be sharpened. It gets dull. Mm -hmm. It gets dull and it also becomes erratic. We can call these two qualities or natures of the mind as rajasic or active and tamasic of, as dull. And depending on what types of foods what types of drinks you're putting into the body, what types of activities. You had mentioned porn earlier. What type of information are you bringing in through your five senses mm. is affecting the inner lake. And if we look at your mind or your inner landscape as a body of water, right? What is the nature of the surface of that water? Is it calm and placid? That's what yoga seeks to achieve. Or is it filled with scum and it's like festering like a cesspool that is more and is it stinky right that is more tamasic in nature it's it's stagnant mm. um or is it like a violent ocean with huge waves crashing down right we can say this is more the active or rajasic nature so depending on what you're external influences are coming through five senses. Yeah. And this, I want to come back to that point and we because I want to talk about creating sight and setting for intimacy. Okay, I want to hold this finger up to remind us that there's something here. So if you see it, that my finger's still up, that means we didn't get back to it. Yes, okay. the erect finger. <laughs> All right. Is that right now? Is that what you're signaling me right now? No, I'm just holding this here to remind us to come back. Oh, oh I understand. Yeah. Instead of a, a rope yeah. or... or uh -huh. A string around your finger. So, um, so really looking at what types of influences you're bringing in through the five sensory system, because this five sensory, the five senses, here's, here's something I'd like to, to contemplate on. And that is my whole experience as a human being only happens as an event of information coming in through my five senses <gasps> that's deep it's true though it's that's like all really, the data input it's a really deep thing to contemplate and then yeah. contemplate 
having those removed from you. Mm. Mm. Nope. Right? I don't want to. And essentially, yogic technique, traditionally, as it's outlined in Patanjali Yoga Sutras, um, that is that fourth limb, I believe. Yeah, fourth limb of Pratyahara. Yeah. And this Pratyahara is withdrawal of the senses from external influence, going deep inside to your inner uh, experience. And part of that is um, eliminating, looking at things by closing the eyes, by having a silent room. This is why Hatha Yoga Pratipika, it outlines the proper room to do a practice in to be a cave. And that doesn't mean you need to go find a cave to do it. That just means a sheltered environment where there's no wind. So what are we talking about? A room with a door, windows closed, no breeze, no, no breeze. You want no influence, not even on the touch of your skin, no sensation to go into your inner depths and have that experience of self with the capital S. Mm. And this is the way traditionally yoga was designed. Now we got music playing. We have yoga that is mainly a dis big distraction. Mm. And people are really liking that because, to we be like honest, distraction. they don't want to look at themselves. Or and be they, in their body. Or be in their body. And so, um, so, so, you know, it's the same thing with, with the mind state and looking at erectile dysfunction as well. Then you had mentioned porn. Um, it could be some trauma from the past. Um, you know, we're going to want to work with the nervous system and perfect. I mean, you're the, the perfect people for, uh, people to see in doing therapeutics, therapy sessions, mm. you know, um, oh, well, thank you. Yeah. I think I'd like to think so myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's that finger up. Yeah. What is that about? Holding again? my finger erect. You said something about <laughs> you said something about uh, creating a space. Creating space, yeah. So, oh, and th that's what I was talking about. So, similarly, how one would create the optimal space for yoga, as it's outlined in the ancient texts, which is basically a room that is private, a room that is climate controlled, and a room that um, has the most minimal amount of sensory uh, input. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, similarly, when this is the flip opposite, because creating a sexual environment is about sensation. Yes. So mm -hmm. one thing is like yoga is about dropping in and tapping into source, mm -hmm. right? Source is, has no body. <laughs> okay. Um, and then coming into the celebration that we are human mm -hmm. and that we are bodies, mm -hmm. right? And, ma and, and creating this maximum uh, experience of pleasure with someone. Boom, we want to activate these five senses. And so then we want to look at creating an environment where the lighting is really beautiful, where the smells are really beautiful, that the kind of fabrics, that the kind of things that you're going to touch are very nice. Mm -hmm. That you have um, a beautiful surroundings to look at. All five senses that there's good music playing. So these are the kinds of things we could, if we, if we want to really create that environment, we, we 
introduce five sensory uh, excitation mm. into the picture. And then that could immediately, that alone could shift the psychology, right? Of, of the two people coming together and create that environment, which is um, incredibly present. The act, the simple act of creating that space, making the nest. Very ritualistic. Very ritualistic. Yeah, getting our, our minds and our bodies ready for, it's yeah. like building the anticipation for it and we're focused on it. Yeah. I tell couples all the time, like if they want to, you know, increase their sexual or their sensual um lives with each other, you know, create a bedroom that is conducive for that. But so many people are, you know, have their laundry everywhere in their bedroom mm. or they have stockpiles. Which papers. is only going to make them think about chores. Yes. Or taxes or kids or all these <clears throat> things, but it's not, and it's, it's highly distracting. So uh, turning the lights down and clearing space and making it conducive to be able to drop in and be in your body. And uh, that doesn't mean that you just can't find your partner in any room and tear them apart yeah exactly on the spot exactly my house okay so my <laughs> house has all these furries in it i have i'm such a textural person so it and it's just so conducive for warmth and and um just yum mm. total yum yum yeah so as Bija we mantra for the heart chakra but i remember Oh my God. Yes. Ah, all of this information is absolutely incredible. And I am so stoked for all my lovers to be hearing this. Do you have, if as we wrap up the show, is there any couple of things that you really want people to remember as mm. they tune back out into their world? Sure. Um, so, well, first and foremost, there there is a wealth of information out there online. And, um, and do your research and find the really amazing things out there. Um, Not that, just Googling. Well, Google, but, you know, like Google, find the research, but, you know, find a professional and find hey. somebody who is uh, an expert, truly an expert, not, a, not an amateur posing as an expert. <laughs> somebody who's actually done the work and the study. Hashtag um, blogger. And, <laughs> and has also um, preferably had a number of years of clinical experience with these types of things and seek them out for professional help. See what your needs are currently and um, address those needs and also let your practitioner know where you're wanting to go with things so they get an idea about um, your trajectory, you know? And if it's, uh, if you're looking to, for for higher fertility, you know, that's, that's a very specific direction. Mm. Know that there are some prerequisites for, increasing fertility and that goes without saying for rejuvenation anti-aging and vilification which is basically increasing your sexual potency and vigor trust me once you get the body and the the mind really balanced and the body in a balanced state your sex drive is going to just naturally be there everything else you put on top of that is extra mm, i love the extra yeah i love the extra topping yeah let's my, do the extra ice cream and go all the things. But making sure that, you know, things are done in the right order. Yes. And I think that's incredibly important. And slow down. A good sex life cannot be rushed. 
Mm. So take your time and really prepare the body and the mind for this this juicy lifestyle that you've always wanted. Yes. Wow. Kitten, this was amazing. Mm, my pleasure. How can our lovers follow you or find information about you? Um, my Instagram handle is at Kishinshaw. My website is kishinshaw.com. That's K-I-S-H-A-N. S-H-A-H.com. And on that website, you can sign up for my newsletter. I promise I don't send them out very often, and which is, uh, I know for some people, they hate getting a mass amount of newsletters and others, um, they, they, they don't feel like they get enough from me. So, um, give me more. Yeah, you, you'll, you'll complain more that you're not getting enough from me than you're getting too much. And, give me uh, more, kitchen. I keep threatening that I'm going to change that. And, <laughs> uh, you know, it's very busy with a lot of things. Um, but please stay in touch with me. Sign up for my newsletter. Follow my social media. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, just search my name, Kishin Shah. And follow the fan page. I tend to post a lot more stuff, information, valuable stuff there. My personal page is full. Yo, hmm. and you can all find more information and resources and tips on eatplaysex.com where you can find and read more about Kishin and all this amazing work that he's and we're doing. We're going to do more. And we're going to do more. We're going to do more. I want more. Yeah. I want- <laughs> we, we barely touched on <laughs> we just um, got the tip. specific just herbs, the just tip. the tip. Just and the I tip. wanted to go, and that was what I was saying. I want to kind of go over some of the basics, you know. Yeah. We really want to help you lovers. And thank you again for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please head to eatplaysex.com to subscribe to the show, connect with me, and grab my sexy guides. Because uh, my goal is to get you to eat, play, and sex better so you can improve your sex life, which will improve every aspect of your life. (laughs) Because sex matters. You matter. I'll see you next time on Eat, Play, Sex. Thanks for tuning in, lovers. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. You can find out more about our guests and topics from our show by checking out eatplaysex.com. Until next time, don't forget to nourish your sex life.